Hold on to your butt. I'm, of course, surprised that a story had such an immediate and profound effect upon radio listeners. Hooey pleases the boobs a great deal more than sense. Whoa, it's us! We're in a lot of trouble! In politics, man must learn to rise above principle. What the hell are we doing here? We are behaving the way a superpower ought to behave. Well, our behavior has produced some crappy results. What we're witnessing now is the failure of the state. It is a death struggle for our republic. Giving voice to liberty in our time. Jimmy Clark. Friday and I'm all alone again. Oh wait, no, I'm not. Look at this. Look at this. Like if I turn on this microphone. Uh, Hello, uh, Southern all, One. All of a sudden, Mister, don't show up for three times. He's here. Oh wait, He's wait I gotta, I gotta turn on the other members of the crew's mics right across the desk from me. Eddie Bader. Hello, Joey. How you doing? I'm doing good. How you doing? I just saw you though on Happy Hour. Yeah, yeah but I hadn't seen Clay in a while. And then as we hit in. Peak in the song here, Mr. Spotlow. How are you, sir? You feeling better? Good, man. I'm yeah, much better. Now your excuse earlier this week is that you weren't feeling well. Yeah, I, I you had the summer cold. Uh, menopause. Oh. Other end. Hot shoe. Oh no. He had the menopause. It happened. Uh, what can I say? Oh no. Road food, man. That's enough. Oh, yeah. That's enough. Definitely. Okay, yeah. We'll stop there. No more details. <laughs> Sorry. So first off, I want to do something. I didn't expect to do this. It just came to me. Southern Wood. Yes. I want you to do the honors. Could you go over there before you put your headphones back on and get your paddle? <laughs> this is not what you think. Oh, no. it's what you think. We need okay, to christen okay. somebody. We need to knight somebody here. Right. Ooh. Hold on just a minute. Uh-oh. I kind of feel like uh, I've heard the licks on a couple other people except on me. <laughs> uh... No, you, I want you to do the honors. Because what we're going to do right now is we are going to induct Eddie Bader into the Joey Clark Radio Hour Hall of Fame. We have the first two Hall of Fame members already here in studio. Eddie Bader has been such a good supporter, such a good guy. He's an amazing man. Wow. Grab your ankles. It's like junior high all over again. Get over there, sir. Come on. You liked it then and you like it now. <laughs> now put on a show for the oh, yeah. folks. Oh yeah! Oh no! No hands on the uh, desk. Ankles. Hands, hands on the desk. Hands on the desk. Cough. This is how we put people in the Hall of Fame, folks. Oh, Here we go. This is just like six. Oh! oh. Come on! Flinch a little bit. Man, you're taking that like a man. Well, He's like smiling. Okay. Oh. oh. All right. All right. That's good. That's good. No, no, no. It's six. You, you crawl up the back, man. Dad Goon, he's taking this like a champ, though. No, he's gracious. Come on, let's sit down now. You're now in the Hall of Fame. How am I going to sit down? How did you do that? How did you take that so well? It's like, 
You are walking a little yeah, funny, well, though. Yeah. <laughs> Brings back memories from uh, Capitol Heights Junior High School. I was about school. to say, are you used to it? Did you get in trouble a lot back in the old Junior High, 60s. yeah, Mr. Jackson, and uh, I forget what the other principal's name was, but yeah, we were all pretty tight. For those who aren't familiar with what just happened, one evening we were talking about corporal punishment, and uh, I found, you know, if you're in your own house, as you said, Southernwood, that's where you got the name. Hey, you must abide. That's You're under right. your house, under your roof. You must abide your rules. Exactly. But I always found it weird to hear about the coach or the assistant principal or whatever, who I'm assuming are good people who would sign up to be like, yeah, uh, at like a teacher council or like meeting or whatever. Yeah. It's like, I'll be the one that paddles the kids, all right? It's like, whoa, you're a little too uh, hasty there, Teach. I'll, I'll, I'll go on and tell you, I grew up and, and went to, to private school my whole life. They don't I, paddle I went, in private schools. So don't tell me a tough private school story. Now, Hooper. Hooper. Which you use. Hooper. Yes. And, I mean, it was bad when Mr. Green paddled you. I mean, it was really bad. I know from experience. I mean, Marshall Green's Six five six six. Oh boy! Uh, probably about two ninety five, and like this. wore it well. But if he was not there for some reason, and Coach Self paddled you, yeah, you did not want Coach Self to paddle you. I promise you. Would you? Would it turn your uh, backside oh, no. as bright as a nightlight? <laughs> <laughs> He would. <laughs> I saw him knock Trey Bailey over, over the desk. desk. Oh wow! That gum, man. Man, pick me up off of my feet. I'm talking. Oh, he was swinging for he a low could ball, swing. man. He no, could, no, he's coming he, up. He wasn't paddling you. He was trying to hit a home run. Yeah. And and I think that's why coaches. And then I know. Well. I can't say I know, but I'm pretty sure he giggled. <laughs> he hit me and picked my feet up off the ground. Oh, yeah. But I love Daryl Self to this day, and I have had the opportunity to talk to him and tell him, Coach Self is my favorite coach ever. All right. But you just didn't want him to pat on you. <laughs> He's like your daddy, man. All right, what? Well, we're speaking of spanking and giggling yeah okay so oh whoa yeah. where are you going with this yeah. whoa, whoa okay i know you're you're a little kinky man but whoa, <laughs> what are you where are you going with this whoa, you say slap and tickle yeah <laughs> bright okay. as a nightlight so rose if you don't spank her hard enough it doesn't oh she just laughs she laughs, she, laughs. she yeah. smiles and i'm like I, i'll send her to the ladies you know the grandparents or whoever and i'm like hey hit her hard right. you know one good time don't don't wuss at it you know she'll laugh at you she looks like she laughs, well, likes it, you know. It's oh, yeah. Be careful. Uh, where uh, my my dad only had to whoop me with a belt once, and I've told that story before. Actually, when I brought it up with him on our trip up to my brother's wedding, he's like, "I actually held back." Um, so I pushed my cousin Whitney out of our fort. It was about five feet off the ground, the steps. She wouldn't move. You know, you're saying I'm such a nice guy. I really yeah. did. I was like, Whitney, I'd like to get out of the fort. Would you please move? No. 
Like being a little stubborn like brat. Kind of taught her. And I was yeah. like, no, please, could you move? I, d- I need to get out. Yeah. And she's like, no. So I pushed her. I bet she moved next time. And of course, I was in the wrong yep. because, you know, boys, you know, doing, you know, bringing justice to the world is now viewed as some like toxic, masculine dominated patriarchy crap. Anyway, speaking of. And it's woke, awesome, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then my I got wise, though, because my mom would threaten us with the wooden spoon in the kitchen, a pretty sizable one. And that it would sting. Sure. But it wasn't it wasn't anywhere near as bad as like a switch or a true paddle or. And I got wise to that as I got a little older. It's like, just let her do it and pretend like it hurts really go. bad. And, you know, that's sort Joe, of, it is so funny that you said that, because the last time I can remember still right now. The last time that my mother yeah. spanked m- me, uh, I had gotten into a fight with my baby brother. And Jamie and I, and I can't remember, we were probably like 8 and 10, 9, 11, somewhere in that area. We're two years apart. And, yeah, that's uh, a little old. And, and, uh. and Mama was in there. I mean, she was just, she was swinging as hard as she could and spanking us. <laughs> And, and and we were that's exactly what we were yeah. doing. We were like laying on the bed looking at each other kind of giggling because I mean we had gotten over the fight. And I said, Jamie, she's not gonna stop and still we st- until we start crying. And my brother, I mean, he's not anything like me. He's not is a if, Y'all can't tell. I'm kind of full of crap. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, it like takes an, one to know I'm one. like an yeah. actor. And, and, and I was like, pretend you're crying. If you pretend you're crying, <laughs> yeah, then exactly. mama will stop. There you go. And, and we started going, oh, 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 oh. And that's exactly what it sounded like, too. Oh, 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 oh this hurts. Oh, oh, not again, mama. And she quit. <laughs> and then we got, we got tickled again and there started laughing again. <laughs> Gave the game away. Now, speaking of uh, getting punished by having some butt thing uh, hit your butt, mm-hmm. being branded, mm-hmm. how's your backside feeling? How does it feel to be a Hall of Fame member now on the Joy Clark Radio? Some inflammation, some of that uh, thrusting pain but going you on. You should get a nice, like, endorphin, <laughs> serotonin rush, though. Not really, because I'm really not into that. Throbbing. No, but it's fine. It doesn't matter if you're into it or not. You're now in the Hall of Fame. I appreciate it. Forever in the Hall of Fame. Eddie Bader. Um, and I, I we really now have three so Hall of Fame. Ah, welcome to the club, man. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's like pretty dude-heavy. I want to get some more, like, oh, buxom, good-looking women. Can well, I do the spanking? And, and, and we'll see when the time comes. I will say that Eddie took it a lot better than Seth did. He cried like a little girl. Uh, Have you met Seth? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, but speaking of getting branded on your backside, uh, I was showing you, it's a classic old painting, painted in the 1490 to 1510. It's so old, they don't know exactly when it was painted, by Hieronymus Bosch. It's called the Garden of Earthly Delights. Because it's so old, and because so little is known about the guy, they're not sure exactly what his interpretation or intent was. But it's clearly three different panels. It starts with the Garden of Eden, then it's kind of like a fallen world where everybody's engaging in all these... If you look, it's one of these massive paintings. It's in a museum in Madrid. You can see so many little details in it. It's crazy. One of these paintings... and. Then the third panel is hell. 
and you can see like all these details. I mean, That's it's awesome. nuts. That is like so Southern awesome. Wood. You're standing, sitting in front of the screen here. Like, there's so many little things. People torturing each other. It's, like, where's yeah. Waldo? it's what you would think hell would look like. But if I zoom out and go to, speaking of hitting people's butts, yeah. to this part right here under this lute it, and harp, it looks like. See that guy's had music notation branded to his backside? Oh. Again, this is from and whatever that demon creature is with, with a forked tongue. Is wow. that like, a forked tongue or some string of lights coming out of his That's right not... Again, this is not some, like edgy artist from 2019. This is a 600-year-old painting. Right. Crazy stuff. Well, somebody got in their head. Man, with new technology, I bet you we can take really get in close on this butt music. It's the original tramp stamp. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but we could probably zoom in and make clear this musical notation branded on this guy's butt in Hieronymus Bosch's hell. That's a mouthful. Well, and he just pointed out, yeah, I mean, you're missing the spider alien on the bottom right hand side of the picture on top of the, the little tank. drum with a dude inside the drum. And you just You just moved it. There's Oh, yeah. See, there's a dude's face inside uh, that drum. Oh, my Lord. Wow. That is crazy. This is a crazy painting. Folks, that go look nuts. it up. The Garden of Earthly Delights. It is remarkable. And you could sit here and do this for days looking yeah. at this. That's and and see, this is my argument, and, and we kind of made a little bit of you know fun of oh, it sure. the yeah. other day. But when I was talking about the, we have this history, common history, yeah, young history from what we know right. about the dragons in this and that. Yeah, yeah. and and you kind of pushed it. You was like, oh yeah, dragons. We didn't. They wasn't dragons. <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't. We didn't. We didn't go slay dragons. Yeah. I don't I think we did literally slay dragons. I mean, so. that. <laughs> but that is where I believe that there were these enormous. Gigantic <laughs> beings out. Enormous is a word, by the way. I believe you. I, I just invented it. Oh, I do. I invented it. But I oh, think. Oh, wait, no, that's really just your nickname. Hugh. Hugh Normus. <laughs> <laughs> it's right. the hammer. I love that. But you have this enormous beings or I creatures. Think they were actually they would... out there, hmm. and we consider them now dinosaurs because, I mean, come on, guys. Oh, listen, listen. When you come on, they find a bone that is. 16 inches long and they're like, okay, this is what this oh, yeah. dinosaur yeah. looked like. It's a lot of you, you found one bone. You know, but that's where the, the dialogue a, right. of there were these massive beings, these dragons mm. that they called them in medieval times. That's where and, and then we went out and slayed them and got rid of them. But I, I don't That's know if it's... That's a picture of one of them right there, cousin. Well, fair enough, but I don't know if it need, it, it's, there's, it, there's any need for it to be a literal slaying of an actual beast. Because people have dreams all the time. People have had dreams since human beings have been all around. All it takes is a little bit of mold yeah. and some bribery. I mean, people have a crazy imagination, right. too. Exactly like, there's all sorts of beings we've come up with in modern times and, like, different aliens, aliens and sci-fi yeah. and fantasy Bigfoot. and comic books and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And... And your, your, yeah, your, there's. I could. We could go on a long diatribe about the origins of dragons in mythology, if you mm -hmm. like. But I would rather. I would. I, I know where the. I'd rather you explain to me what that bunny rabbit is doing. <laughs> I know this, <laughs> folks. I can't. Bunny rabbit doing. I can't stop this looking. Is at weird that. for Friday night, but look it up. The Garden of Earthly Delights. If you don't know this Somebody's painting, playing but craps. This notation 
on this guy's okay, butt. Let's hear it. Is it metal? Somebody. I, well, oh, they didn't do it as metal. They actually came up with the music, though. What is that rabbit eating? Kind of curious. A kid. And somebody's throwing dice. There's some dice in there. So you can look it up. Hieronymus Bosch butt music. So somebody read the notation. And because we've studied Gregorian chant from this era, they kind of figured out what the notation is. And remember, this is supposed to be music from hell. The beginning of that sounds like from her butt. It's creepy. Yeah, but... Well, and you see the thing on top of him is a harp. That's just weird. I was expecting That's creeping me sounds. out. No, oh, I, I think... It's, I think metal's too, like, in your face, too much energy. In a, this has that creepy vibe. Like with, that uh, Metallica Master Puppets the mm-hmm. background. Mm-hmm. Sounds like yeah. Hurt. Nine Inch Nails Hurt. Yeah. Everybody knows Johnny Cash version. Oh, the that. original version. Right. Nine Inch Nails is good, too. It's weird it like. until you understand it. Yeah. Yeah, man. Exactly. Once you understand it, it all makes sense, man. No, but if you play for a little kid, laugh all you want. But if you bring up to a little kid who doesn't know much and say, "Is this happy or sad music?" They would say, "Probably sad." Sad, Yeah, yeah. I would say it's creepy, but it's right because it is right. Exactly, but you don't have to know much about anything to go. Okay, that's weird and creepy. Like it's giving me the heebie-jeebies. Whereas you could play, you know, like that song I made that we came into. Well, it's kind of a major key. It's kind of happy. Now, have, right. you, have you seen any other uh, musical notes in the picture at all? Like up in heaven, is there any musical notes or anything? There's no depiction of heaven in this. Oh. Well, we could look at the Garden of Eden. But yeah, I, yeah, Garden Garden of Eden. yeah oh. but th- we're going to leave that to other, you know, people. We're going to move on now oh. to uh, a guy that first I thought he was sad. And then I saw, oh, no, no, no. This guy is not sad at all. Did you see me post? You can check it out on oh, the Book yeah. of Faces. Yes. A teen named Sam Steingard. A genius. He was feeling the pressure when he couldn't find a date for the big dance. I mean, I think if you can remember back to high school, you know, having to ask, especially junior, senior year, asking a girl to prom. Never yeah. never had that problem. He, yeah. You didn't have that problem? No. no. He was feeling you didn't, the pressure. How about you, Eddie? No. So I was kind of like, no, not you, not you, not you. Uh, yeah, that, you're you're the one. That wasn't me. I was the guy. I was like, no, we're not going to prom. We're going to get drunk. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you're in my Hall of Fame, Eddie. Like, see you guys hey, at the man. hotel. How about you, Seth? He was feline the pressure. <laughs> oh, you need to apologize for that. Have you been working That's on that all day, pun. man? No, I, I, a... did you go to prom? Uh, yeah, I went to three. Yeah, did I was you, a, it was it difficult to ask a lady out, or did you get asked out? Um, the first one, I was a third wheel. The second one, I was uh, two like extra chicks, dates. They needed dates, so I went with them. So you were a third wheel in like uh, <laughs> 10th grade. In 10th grade, I went to yeah. senior prom. 11th grade, I went to senior prom with two different people. And in 12th mm-hmm. grade, I went to one. So you were like a, a tank tread. You know what there. that tells me? I'm just there, <laughs> it, man. It, it, that just, means you did not have a day. <laughs> <laughs> he, he can't close a deal. That's what it's telling me. Well, and I had, I had prom but dates. I can build that and, sucker you know, up. Home, <laughs> I had prom dates, homecoming dates, too. And, I mean, one year, it was like, who am I going to ask? I got and slapped at I a actually, date one time. I actually got, I see that. like, after the fact, I got a bitter taste in my mouth. I asked this one girl out to prom, and she said yes. And then, like, two, three days later, my high school crush Ooh. comes up to me and says, would you want to go to prom with me? And I'm like, no. Oh, oh, 
you've ignored me for so long. I didn't say this, but in my head, I'm like, no, I've already. That's very sweet of you, but I've already. uh, Wow, I've already got a date, and I go to prom. I had great time, great time, great time, and I find out like several months later because I actually start dating my high school crush for a few months. Yeah. That after I asked the initial girl out to prom and she said yes, she went to my high school crush and said, I don't really want to go with Joey. Oh. Could you ask him? Ooh, and the plot thickens. Don't, don't, don't. No, I had a, I, I had a, a Joey, Shyamalan movie. I had a life. great time. I, you know, like, you know, but it still it made it me go... Well, if you didn't mm. want to go, why did we why do you say so? Anyway, that's nuts. Um, anyway, that's yeah, it was it was a little rough, but this guy, Sam <clears throat> Steingard, mm-hmm. he was feeling the pressure. He couldn't find a date for the big dance. Poor Sam. That's when he decided to go uh, a different direction, a very different direction. He was felining the pressure, mm-hmm. or something like that. And there's so many things here. And it went viral on social media. <laughs> he didn't ask his cousin. He didn't ask his sister. Didn't ask his mom. He decided to take his cat. Who is very happy. I mean, that's the happiest I've ever seen a cat. And the cat's wearing a prom dress. Yep. Uh, now, I wonder who made the prom dress for the cat. Just, just let me know when I can bust in. <laughs> Are you just about to blow over there, buddy? You got so much going on? <laughs> this kid has got serious... F- oh, uh, would I almost it- had to get dumped. This kid has got serious freaking mental issues. Why? The because cat's name is you? Ruby. Oh, he oh, Ruby. Oh, no, oh, Ruby's been in the mind. family more than 10 years, oh, and absolutely, oh. they absolutely love her. I that Ru- makes it completely fine. She, Ruby loves a- Sam because he likes to talk to her in a baby voice. <laughs> and he will, this is serious. I mean, that, that makes it so now. much better. Let's not mock this kid. <laughs> and he yeah. will give her treats once in a while. That's why the cat Ooh. loves him. Mm-hmm, I bet. Oh, mm. well, I would take the daggone cat to the prom as well. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Would you unless, take a little to chihuahua? Unless, crushed, no. unless you're crushed? No. Unless your crush is a big look, cat fan. Look at how happy the cat is in the close-up. The cat's not happy. It's a freaking cat. <laughs> Cats are happy, man. The cat just ate something, and the cat is full. What about Chad Morris? Yeah. Don't forget about Chad, Does he never man. get happy? Chad Morris is getting on my bad side. Uh-oh. Why? Because we insurance? have a new puppy. Uh-oh. Chad oh, Morris ain't no. tolerating Trouble new puppy. You knew what's up. And he's he... slapping the new puppy, yeah. so Chad Morris might... Man, Chad might Morris don't a, play that. He might get the 9 millimeter Next to the thing, back of the hand. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Next thing you know, he's going to have a mustache. I'm just telling you, that's... <laughs> That's the way you euthanize animals. I mean, just no, put you, a bullet in them. No, when you name them Chad Morris. How many times that? did you watch Old Yeller? Yes. Hey, look, I cried every time. He lived Old Yeller. But it happens. It's a freaking animal. It's not a human being. No. Let me I, get I can agree with Clay. And you don't take a freaking human. You don't take a damn animal to the prom. You should not Eddie have gotten the Bader. No, Back me up. Chad. You do not take an animal to the prom. Unless... Your You're crush lying. is a huge cat fan, mm-hmm. and that's the only way I can get to her is bring her my cat. Yeah, but what? But if even you put the then, cat I probably wouldn't do it. Dress. 
I mean, he didn't just take yeah, the no, cat. What, like, he, they made a dress. They, and who made the dress? Was that mom or was that creepy kid? Uh, I don't know. It, it didn't say in the story. I don't know, but if that catches your crush, I understand what you're saying. You're just right. trying to get in. If that catches your crush, your crush is a freaking weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to be around her. No, that's just it. Two weirdos. That's what you want. <laughs> Those are called soulmates. As Wrong. Donald Trump would say. <laughs> Wrong. Thank you, Joey. Wrong. Look at this. Did you see America? Did you see this kid? This is what's happening to America. We have young boys who should be men by now. I mean, the people that founded this nation were his age when he's taken his cat to prom. Well, it actually goes to show that guys nowadays, younger guys, are losing some of their... Masculinity? Yeah. He's oh, too really? afraid of rejection. So, you know what? I'll ask my cat because my cat can't say no. Yeah, but Ooh. instead of, you know, but you chose the beer. That's because... Yeah. the cat really worse than the beer? We were meeting... Because it is a drunk. <laughs> No, he's not. Oh. He's just a good timer. Well, I, I have a drink or two now and again, but, but the plan was... We were, uh, Mr. Cavanaugh. We had to go score the beer. I like beer. I like beer. <laughs> it's good. We had to go score the beer, get score. to the hotel room, get everything set up. Put the ice Because after the prom, I mean, most people went to prom, they literally got their pictures taken, and they left. Oh. Yeah, that's that's actually my experience. That's, that's you, you go to the house party. Right. Yeah. We're already at the hotel, and because all the parents and chaperones, I always found it funny as a high school kid. All the parents and chaperones are like, we're sniffing. Oh, the coach yeah. is like sniffing for alcohol, and they're like, mm. like we've got this under control. Then you leave, and it's like you don't have anything under control. We we're- sniff for other things now. <laughs> what what year did you what year did you graduate, Eddie? Eighty uh, eighty six. Okay, so Eddie and I are about the same, and that's exactly what it was. Don't you come home with beer on your breath. That's right. Okay. Not a problem. That's what our hair says. <laughs> now you're smelling for the wacky weed. Right. Oh, no. <laughs> That's you got. I, just, I started smoking cigarettes tonight, Mom. I'm sorry. I gave better. the peer pressure. I just ate some chocolates, Mom. No. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. I mean, I ran over a skunk on the way home. <laughs> yes. A you're, lot. A lot of them. Uh, we got to hit a break. Bro. Y'all listen to the Joey Clark Radio Hour. Now with three Hall of Fame members. Seth Spotlow, Eddie Bader, and whoa, whoa, whoa. Southern Wood. We'll be right back. Joey Clark. Clark. Welcome back. Off mic, Southern Wood telling some tales out of school. Yeah, he is. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, not to say they're untruthful. I think they are. But. I, I, I will tell you this. <laughs> for the most part. I will, I will tell you this. Uh, if, if I die tonight, and I'm one of those people that everybody hears about, you know, oh, my God, you know, mm-hmm. Clay. Clay like Peter Fonda. He just died. News. Yeah. I mean. 79, dead today. I mean. I yeah, man. I have lived I sent you that a really good life, and I've had a lot of fun. Really. I've had a lot of fun, and I've had a lot of great experiences, good and bad. I have lived my life. I've not just existed. And yeah. I think that's what we should all strive to do, not to bring the show oh down. Oh, my God. No, no but cry. I can't relate with that. You're but, right. But, I mean, You're right. just exist. And, and, and there have been some terrible, terrible times in my life that we've made it through. But we make it through it. And Makes you get to person. the other side. Yes. And you learn from, as long as you learn from everything that you experience, Everything's great. Don't I mean, I've, right. I've, I've, yeah. I've had some wonderful experiences and some terrible experiences, and uh, as long as you rem- you learn from them and you don't regret it, because regret is the worst thing. Well, I've learned because of the real serious things exactly what Seth said. Like it puts all like the the girl going to my crush saying, "Oh, why don't you ask him?" Mm-hmm. That when it first found out, that really bothered me. Now I look at that and go, "Isn't that adorable?" You know, like young kids trying to you know figure out you know. Their place in the world. That, so don't we're not, you? Oh, I remember it, but now yeah. it's kind of like I get it. So we're not going to go Edgar House now. Yeah. No, oh, but see that—that's the thing. No, we're going to roll. What, what oh. happened is you learned from that experience. Yeah. As long as you learn from the bad things that happen, and it gives you an opportunity to say, "Okay, what did I do wrong? What did it? Or, or maybe it wasn't even you did something wrong, but you learn how to correct." Things in other relationships or other situations, that's what makes life work. If yes. you're always blaming someone else, mm-hmm. it and doesn't work like that. Oh, absolutely. You don't learn anything. This is, excuses uh, and stuff. This is, by the way, I have to say real quick, if you have seen the current news cycle from the last two days in regards to Ben Shapiro, he was playing a Kamala Harris clip where she says, nobody in this country should have to work two jobs to put food on the table. Yeah, you should. Yeah, Yeah. and that's essentially what Ben Shapiro said is, that's a you problem. Yeah. Ben Shapiro's right. He's exactly right. Especially if you're working two jobs in order to get ahead in life. Like you're doing a little extra on the side. He said, by the way, I work multiple jobs even now. That's what you got to do. Right. I mean, down here, people, everybody thinks everybody's racist, but it's not. You, you, people ain't racist. It's they judge you just on how not. hard you work, <laughs> on how hard you work. Well, you know what I'm saying? True. I mean, the people judge you 100 percent on how on how hard you work. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's just how it is around here. You know? Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's just around here, though. I think it's more I mean, around here, and people don't understand I, that. It, it might be more necessary around here. But I don't know how we can gauge that because I've never lived anywhere yeah. but right where we are. Yeah. And Eddie, I mean, have you ever worked more than one job at the same time? Most of my life. Right. <laughs> and I've had this conversation with uh, my daughter who is starting nursing school right now. And she's like, well, Daddy, I don't want to do this and, and I won't get into all the details. And I was like, baby, I said, you don't understand. I spent, she's because she doesn't want to be tied to a specific organization for five years after she gets out of school. And I've told her the exact same thing. I said, doll, 
I went to work. I worked 40 hours a week for an organization, and then I worked at least another 40 hours a week after I left that job to start my company. Yes. And then after I got my feet, Eddie, you and I are very similar. Exactly. Once you get your feet under you and you can finally, that day, it is the greatest feeling in the world when you can walk in to the place you're working for and you can throw your resignation letter down and say, you know what? I'm out of here. No, you're not out of here. And I'm like, yeah. I resign right. as of right now, and I'm going to do it I've on my, my own, own and then there's another weight that jumps on your shoulders. Oh, yeah. It's on you. Right yeah, that is sure. a terrifying thing. But it it's worth it. Once you get you to that place, but it doesn't happen overnight. Nope. You don't wake up one morning and say, hey, you know what? I'm going to start my own business. I'm going to go out and buy a bunch of houses yep. and... And, and start selling real estate and be a great, successful real estate agent. I'm going to do that tomorrow, and you you don't go in and quit. Not at all. The years leading make up to that. No, the years leading up to that are 100 degrees of hell. Yeah, it's a, it's I a mean, they really game. are. I mean, I've been preparing for what I wanted to do for probably 10 years while I was out making cars. I mean, at all hours of the night. And I kept saying, I'm looking around. Most of the people there were younger than me. Right. Not that I'm old, but I saw the older guys. They were having to leave because of medical reasons. Right. Their body just hard on the body. Yeah. So I'm thinking, okay, I'm making good money, but by the time I retire, I'll have to sit in a wheelchair all day long. I don't want to do that. Right. And and I like meeting with people. So you know, I put a plan in. I said I had rental houses in. I said, all right, when I get to ten, I'm leaving Hyundai. I'm just leaving. And I told a few people that. Really forgot about it. And a couple years later, one of my buddies... You got to 10, and then right, you were like, oh, come up and he's like, hey, man, I uh, uh-huh. heard you bought your 10th house today. Like, yeah, 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 we got the 10th house. So when are you leaving? I'm like, huh? What do you mean when I'm leaving? Yeah, like, You man. always said, man, you get 10, you're out. I'm like, oh, crap. Hey, you're right. <laughs> and literally within about three days, my wife and I talked about it. I was like, look, I think, I think this is for me to do. Well, and again, in both of your stories and most entrepreneurs' stories and most people's stories that have found some level of success in life, it doesn't mean you end up as the Walton family no. or the Trump family, no, no, which no. is not no, the American no. dream. And the <laughs> fact that people always point to these billionaires, okay, these people became very super successful. And by the way, you have to sacrifice, unless you inherit a lot of that, which, you know, Trump did. Sure. And, but, like, even Trump had to build on that inheritance yep. and had to be active and work hard for what he got. Also, like anybody that works hard in this world and finds success made the decision for themselves. It is a you problem. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm very tired of this knee-jerk reaction, especially from folks on the left, but I'm kind of getting it across the board on politics, left and right, where people, when something bad happens or they're not happy with their current situation in life, go, it's the system. Blame somebody else. The system, and it's not even blaming another person like Seth is doing this to me or my boss is doing this to me. It is literally like this amorphous, vague, the system's got me down. Like (laughs) Seth said. What? Or the man. The man. The man. man. You know what the man stands for? Management. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. (laughs) What it stands for, it stands for, I do not want to take responsibility for my actions and do not want to pay the consequences for them. And Joey and I have talked about this time and time and time again on his show, but it's like everybody wants to poke 
and make fun of the millennials, in air quotes, it's not the millennials' fault. It's their parents' fault. It's my age group, the way that they're raising their children and saying, yes, you have to get a trophy. Hmm. Oh, you went out there and you did something. But it's up That's to the, up to the parent. I'm, I'm just telling you. But at I mean, this point, it's up to the millennials to take responsibility for their own lives. Uh, I think blame is cheap. It's easy to throw everywhere. It's easy very to be negative. Easy. Very easy. And I think you have a point. I agree with you on how a lot of people are raised. I was given a lot of those participation trophies. You know what I did with them? I threw them out. Threw them in the garbage. Well, it didn't mean anything to me. And I my really children didn't. do that. Yeah. Like, we, it didn't mean anything. When I saw them, when I moved back from college, I had to move. I grabbed a lot of stuff from my folks' place and moved into another house and saw the participation trophies from baseball and football and all this basketball and stuff. And I'm like, well, what the hell with that? With I don't want to yeah, move this. What, what the hell is this? And so it's just, I don't know. When I, did the participation trophy start? Because we didn't get them when I was a kid. I, I, when you I was a kid, where did place? See you later. Joey? Sesame Street. What? I Thank watched you. Sesame Street. I never saw them give it away on Sesame Street. It was Street. Barney. Mm-hmm. No, I don't think it was Barney. Since Barney was all touchy-feely, loving. You know, well, not in that way, but you know, you thought he would. Was Sesame, Sesame Street. Street started it. Barney emphasized it. Oh. Mm-hmm. I love you. You love me. I would punch that Barney, Barney in the face if he told me that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so enough of this love. Got to go back to the basics no, when it goes if to you the blame. Suck, you just suck. That's it. Yeah, exactly. Well, and get better. Stop, you have an yeah, option. Stop sucking and learn how well, not to and, suck. And believe you me, if let's say Elizabeth Warren wins, oh God forbid. Ow. I yeah. think I might be having a hard time. Right. I guess anyway, if Elizabeth His Warren becomes president exploded. and the Democrats take the Congress, I know all these head people are screaming. I'm sorry if anybody has an aneurysm. I apologize for nothing. Just be with me on this thought experiment. And they raise the minimum wage and they do everything under the sun to take on corporate power. Unless you take some modicum of responsibility for your life, even all these little things for government power, where you're taking advantage of others to make your situation better. It's up to you still to improve your life. That's up to you. That's my thing. It's still up to you. And also, these programs don't do what they're supposed to do. They impose cost on other people, usually in the same class, economic class, as you, in order for you to get a little bit ahead. Excuse me, pardon me, I'm sorry, but things like the tariffs going on, they give certain people, say, in the steel industry more jobs. Yeah, but you're handicapping somebody else. Yes, exactly. You're using the power of government to tax certain products to protect your industry at the expense of everybody else in the economy. It's kind of like when people want licensing on things like barber shops and, you know, hairdressers and these sorts of things. It's like, yes, the people that are currently hairdressers that went through the two years of education mm-hmm. to get the license and pay the fees in order to be that license have sort of a protected industry. And they're sitting pretty, but anybody that tries to go in and, you know, starts a business with it and doesn't get the license, you know. I think that's apples and oranges, it is? On, on that, yeah. I mean, when you're talking about licensing for a service that you're doing, I think the service that you provide should, uh, it that should be your license. Yeah, that's and, what I mean. Maybe, I mean, some things you, you should have to know. I mean, if you're going to put chemicals on someone's hair, yeah, yeah, I mean, you should know how they interact and all. I would hope so. But I think that's different than the steel industry putting tariffs on steel coming in from China that is like 80% steel and and 20% you know name name the uh, uh, 
infallible materials right. mm-hmm. that are incorporated in it. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, you go to American-made steel where we do have, and this is where you get into a, a very technical argument, and it, it gets real, it, like, spaghetti-like, is we do have so many regulations in this country in this country is if you're going to produce steel in Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, where have you, it has to be this pure. Hmm. Or we can just bring steel in from Mexico. Right. Which was shipped to Mexico from China. China. And bring it in and use that as core mm-hmm. and it does not have to meet the same standards yep, that's that exactly right. steel made in this country. That's why I think this is kind of an apples and oranges. Well no, but the, the apples apples part is using the government, government in order to protect your industry. Mm-hmm. Instead of the free choices of people who can decide whether or not I want the hundred percent pure steel but should that or go to, to quality. The, it, well and it, it's up to people to decide I what type of quality, quality product, and, and level of quality they they want. And also, I would say that I think it's a big canard uh, that the low-wage workers around the world are the ones that are taking away, say, American jobs in manufacturing. It accounts for some, probably like 10-15%. But the vast majority of job losses, manufacturing started to decline in this country in the early 70s. Early 70s. Yeah, but there And it's no, due to technological change and automation. But there's no incentives for there were there at that time there was no incentives for anybody to go to Mexico or wherever. Well, not I yet. Several not, jobs. Not yet. Uh, employment and car manufacturers they've gone to Mexico. Uh, engine manufacturers they're in Mexico because they know I can pay El Cleo a dollar a day. But the, my point is the personal responsibility thing. If you really follow the logic down, goes real deep. And it cuts against both political narratives that a lot of both sides in their own unique way. And I think the left's a little bit worse, but both sides in their own unique way says the system has you down. Forces beyond your control have you down, whether it's you personally or you and your industry down. And if you give me power and allow me to control other people in a certain way, I'll lift you up off the mat. Half the time it doesn't even work. And the other half of the time when it's so-called works, it's imposing costs on other people who are now being put down. So there's always a bunch of costs used by the government power in order to protect you. It's it's not a fair trade. But as an individual, I cannot let myself feel like or let myself get trapped under under anything like that. Right. You know, if if you're working if I'm working for Joey and Joey's paying me two bucks an hour, well I feel like Clay or Seth here will pay me more, mm-hmm. then I should go work for them. If yes. things are better, go work for them. Absolutely. And, and you know, people will say, oh, I'm working for Joey for, for these kind of reasons. Well, then don't sit there and complain about how your right. life is bad. These other two guys can double your pay. Well, and maybe you don't have another option, but you have to face reality and go, okay, this is a problem. How do I deal? How do I, get around? how do I deal with this problem that is my problem? Because I'm the one having to make these decisions right. about my own life. And okay, what steps can I take? Maybe you have to jump into a different industry. That's Maybe exactly you right. have to, you know, grin and bear it for a little while and figure something else out. I don't think the option should be number one because it doesn't really make sense to me. It's like okay, I don't like the minimum wage job I'm in. Right. I'm. This is not me in particular. But, but you can go. It, so right? I'm going to elect this person president. I don't, I don't like that we've lost manufacturing in this country, so I'm going to elect this person president. It, the, econ- the economy goes up, the economy goes down, and we play this game that the president sitting in the White House has all this to do with it. They have some marginal effect on the economy, no doubt. But I think we, we, 
the big fallacy in American politics is, number one, give the American people all this comfort and security, you poor, suffering people who can't do. And then the way we can do is you give certain people power, whether they're old establishment elites or new populist on the block. And I don't think that's the best case for Americans. The best case for Americans is the idea that founded the country, which is freedom. Yes. And it isn't utopia. It isn't always great. Sometimes you have to make you really tough decisions. It, nothing in life that's worth the crap is free. Well, And I think the most uh, corrosive effect of this is that it pits people against one another in ways they don't even really understand. They're kind of told, this is the person that's causing your troubles mm-hmm. in this indirect way. It's just, and again, the solution is always give the government more power. Which I'm very and much it's just, not for uh, at all. Uh, <laughs> I don't, when do we get to vote on less power for the government? That's what I'm down I, That's what I'm sitting here wondering, but I don't see it anytime soon in 2020. Now, it's, don't get me wrong. If I had to pick with a gun to my head, which shuts off your mind, by the way, usually it does. When somebody's holding a, a gun in One way or the other is going to shut it <laughs> yeah. off. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like uh, Chad Morris. Yeah. 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 You better not keep scratching that puppy. I feel like a problem coming on. <laughs> Callbacks. <laughs> but I'm, I'm wondering, uh, if you, it, to finish my thought, if you put a gun to my head, you had to choose like Elizabeth Warren Trump, I go to Trump. But, you know, but now I'm he, not, let, that's not saying I think Trump is my type of president. Right. It is not the ideal for me. I find him very entertaining, all this stuff, I've gone over it. Uh, but I want to get to something real quick. We're talking about people who learn from hard, difficult mistakes and difficult realities in life. And I talked last night about loneliness. And Are you okay, man? Yeah, I'm fine, Seth. You want a hug? I'm just fine. He needs a cat. I'm fine and dandy, I'll all right? I'll give you a hug. He needs a cat. You no, know, keep your hobo arms away from me. Hey, what a, hey, man, look at me. I look nice tonight. You do. You, oh, with your Texas chainsaw. Yeah, yeah. It's, sure. it's all the same shades of black. Yeah. No faded. <laughs> But here's the point is, you know, I've heard people complain about the Internet and how our data is being used. I mean, some of the complaints, I worry about the big data meeting up with Big Brother, true Big Brother again, the government. Sure, I'm very worried about that. But when people complain about, you know, and I heard, I'll call him out. And I I love you, Chad. But he was like, these companies, you know, they knew I bought, they have an algorithm. They knew I bought fertilizer around this time last year and that my kids are about to go to school. So they send me like fertilizer ads and back to school supplies ads. And I'm like, how terrible and convenient. Yeah, that's what he's really reading his mind as much as, hey, it's the season to Right, it's like, thank you for reminding me I need these things. Bam, exactly. That's not a random crap. That's not a big problem to me, but... When will the perverts learn? That's what I wonder. Because I found this article on a dark corner of the internet called The Drudge Report. And it's uh, actually from uh, the paper that my uncle, Mark, works at. From the Orlando Sentinel. Vast majority, (laughs) the vast majority of porn sites track user data, often without telling you, and then they sell that data all those dirty videos you watch, how often, all these mm-hmm. sorts of things. Then they sell that data almost without fail Sure. to third parties. No doubt. I'm glad I never I think, do that. I think Baron Coleman said it a while back. He said if you got an app on your phone or you're on a website that is free, 
you are the product. Oh, and oh, by yeah, the way, go see you of Google Chrome or whatever. You're like, oh, what? Well, Joey, I go, I, I don't do that sort of thing. But if I did, I uh, would, um, I, I would put it in incognito mode. <laughs> All right, let's okay, that keeps it from going onto your personal devices. History, right? It doesn't get rid of your data. Okay, so. if anyone is under the illusion <laughs> that you can do anything without everybody knowing about it, you, you have lost your freaking mind. Okay, so <laughs> let's say that there's people go on there and look. And here lately, in the last few months, uh, some things have may have changed. Okay, so you go on there and let's say you look for this certain topic. Okay, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. uh, six months ago, you had to go and relook at that topic. Mm -hmm. Well, in the last few months, that has changed. And um, you look up certain topic, and then next time, you, you go and erase stuff and make it so it didn't really happen. But then you go back and you look again, and then there are... They remember. You like this? You might they, like this. Yeah, and that does not go away. That has gotten worse here in the last few months. Mm -hmm. Just saying. Do you know a friend? Yeah, I got a friend. Man. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <Long> <laughs> <time>. <laughs> I have a lonely friend. We only have about a minute left, but I like this angle. It was research done by the University of Pennsylvania. Uh, and... These researchers looked at over 22,000 porn sites. What? And found that 93% of them sent user data at least to one third party. But I want to know, like, the parents going, Hey, honey, now that you're in graduate school, what are you studying? Oh, well, Mom, we're reviewing 22,000 different <laughs> porn sites. That's what I'm thinking. There's 22,000? <laughs> what are they teaching you? No, I'm just learning about big data. I don't care. Well, Mom, maybe if your voice didn't sound like that. Why are you worried about my voice? <laughs> Big data. 22,000. Mom sounds like, wow. I know. Kermit the Frog. Yeah, no. Sounds like there's room for another. Oh, wow. Where are the other 4,000? <laughs> I mean, I've only seen 18 of them. <laughs> you remember when we were looking up the top 10? Somebody sites? needs a spanking, all right? <laughs> a lot, good, apparently. Good. What a show. It's good to have you all back. I have yeah. felt a little alone this week. You've been a little bit the uh, lone wolf this week, haven't you? Yeah, but it, I mean, I got through it. Oh, of course you did. I think You're listening He's a pro, man. Yeah. A real man. Take my, uh, my bumps and my lumps and... I mean... Humps and dumps. But I've got a hard... I mean, a soft spot for you guys, all right? Oh, I got one for you, too, man. Love you, brothers. Brother, brother. You guys are awesome. Siblings. Siblings. See you, siblings. <laughs> <laughs> you make me do it, Joey. <laughs> I'll be back Monday. See you all then. Joey Clark.